support uh, a person who works for Mission Aviation Fellowship. We support Ridley College. We support uh, a, a missionary uh, in Indonesia. And we also support a church plant in the western suburbs. Uh, if you were to look at a map of Melbourne and we were to put a dot for every church, Anglican church in Melbourne, basically from Melbourne through to the eastern side almost would be covered in dots. The whole of the western suburbs, which is going to be a city the size of Adelaide, has about four Anglican churches in that whole area. It's a massive growth area and it's an area that needs uh, the gospel. And so Keza is leading a church plant in uh, Tarnit. So Keza, if you would come up to the microphone, we might just uh, get to know you a little bit more. Um, if you want to stand here, use the, the microphone. Sure. So Keza, uh, so you, we, we obviously can see a dot there where Hawthorne is, we can see a dot where Tarnit is. Do you want to describe to us a little bit about the suburb of Tarnit? What's, what's the suburb of Tarnit like? Okay. Um, Tarnit, uh, because we were also very new to Tarnit, we moved down to Tarnit just last April, and therefore we are kind of still exploring. But before going down there, we were praying about Tarnit ministry and... Uh, at that time, that was two years ago, um, with a population about 53,000, two years ago, that might have changed now. And uh, in the next five years, that would double. And about 19.3% are from Indian origin who are predominantly Hindus and Muslims. And therefore, our focus is on Hindus and Muslims for the church, church plan at the moment. So you yourself come from India. Yes. And then what was the interesting connection that you made with Vicky? Tell us about Chennai, your connection with Chennai. Okay. So um, after years of ministry, uh, because uh, I started uh, the, my first ministry 26 years ago as a missionary after my theological studies, uh, worked also as a mission coordinator, yeah. and then... Uh, Later on, I went for my master's in missiology, and so I did my master's in Chennai from a college called Gurukul Lutheran Theological College and Research Center. Yeah. yeah. And then you came to stay in Melbourne yes. to study a PhD. That's right. And tell us about, you had a unique living situation. You had all these grandmothers for your... Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, after my master's, I was teaching in a theological college in India for about eight years. And uh, of course, teaching mission subjects and uh, training pastors and missionaries. And uh, our church, uh, churches in Nagaland, uh, I'm from Nagaland, which is uh, in the northeastern part of India, which is uh, in between Myanmar. China, Bangladesh, so that's the area where I come from. And it is a state called Nagaland, which is a Christian state. I'm going a little far, uh, too long, I think. Right. And um, Nagaland is one of the Christian states in India with about 97% who are Christians. And uh, the Naga churches are very mission-minded, and we have been sending missionaries to different parts of the world. And in the late 70s, there 
was a covenant made with God. The churches came together, and that was a time when there was revival movement in Nagaland, and then therefore they have promised to send 10,000 missionaries to different countries in the wow. world. And because of which today, um, most of the families would have at least one study in theology or involved in ministry. Wow. Um, for instance, in my own family, my sister is a pastor back home, and I'm also in ministry for 36 years now. My wife, uh, she also studied theology, and she was a missionary too, and was in ministry for a long time. And my wife's sister also studied theology and was uh, is working in a church. And therefore, we were so much involved in mission activities back home. And since I was training missionaries and running missionary training program, at the same time coordinating mission fields. And so ministry uh, in India where in states where majority are Hindus, it's becoming very challenging. And therefore, when this invitation from Reverend Glenn Byers came, that uh, there are a lot of Hindus and Muslims in Tarnit, if you'd like to come and work with us, we were praying and we said, this is an open door. God is leading us to this. And we really had the patience and vision to uh, go forward uh, with this, saying that, Lord, here we are. And therefore, mm -hmm. that's how we ended up uh, working at Tarnit Church. And yes, so when we came here to Melbourne, now I'm going back to your question, yeah, yeah. our living situation. 2014, me and my wife, we came here after teaching for about uh, eight years in a theological college, came here to pursue my PhD in missiology. So we got mixed up with our accommodation for good because we ended up living with the Anglican sisters at the community of Holy Name, Cheltenham. And so we lived with the sisters, and with their support, I could finish my PhD in 2018. In 2016, our daughter was born there, and therefore she's very fortunate to have so many grandmas in Melbourne. Oh, oh. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. And so you get this invitation by Reverend Glenn Bias. Yes. There's a, a, a new uh, area of Melbourne. There's no churches there and they're looking for missionaries to go to this area, so he invites you to come and be a part. Yes. So when you start, mm. I suppose you get a big building like this and you get a house. What, what did you, what, how did you start a church in a new area of Melbourne? Yes. <clears throat> it was a step of faith. And because uh, we were living in Cheltenham for seven and a half years, and we thought after a year we'll be moving back to India and to move into a completely new suburb. And uh, we were watching, Googling, searching, and watching the news too. There, there are lots of stories about Tarnit. And as a young family to move there, we had a lot of questions also. But we were praying for God to um, show us the way, what to do. And therefore, since we had this patience, and we say this is an open door, and therefore we move to Tarnit without really knowing what we are going to do. Obviously, we know that our focus is going to be the Indian, Hindus, and Muslim, but where to start, how to start, we had no idea at all. I said, missiology is my discipline, but whatever we studied, whether I could use that, or the experiences that I have had, I had no idea. We had to just trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
we went here, like I said, we were new in the suburb, and then we were supposed to start a house church. And so I live in a vicarage, so we were supposed to have things going on there. If we are to start a prayer fellowship or a house church, we are going to start in a house. And so taking advantage of being new in the suburb or in the neighborhood, we went around knocking doors, which we felt, okay, whether people would respond positively or not, but we had very friendly and good neighbors. And also because if we are to start something here, we need to make sure that our neighbors knows about it. And, th and so that's how we started having conversation with our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we found out that a lot of families living around there were young families. And their children were COVID babies. So they have lacked on socialization. And the same with our daughter as well. And she's new in the suburb, so she needs friend as well. So we said, okay, so this is something God is really showing us and leading us to. And my wife, back in India, she was working in... Uh, kindergarten as a headmistress for three years. And when she moved here, she really had interest in children's ministry and therefore she pursued her studies mm -hmm. as well, did her diploma in early childcare and she's an educator in the childcare. Mm -hmm. And she really had this interest and therefore we prayed about it and uh, because prayer, prayer is something that we felt we should start with. So we started just me and my wife and uh, a month later we found a lady who was looking for a Bible study group, a prayer group, and therefore someone who is not related to the church. She was in the church many years ago, and she's no more going to any church, but looking for a small group. That's how we started this Bible study group, praying together, going for prayer walks around, uh, around the place where we live, uh, because this is very biblical as well. By faith, we said we have to pray around here, uh, not very loud, but just walking around, and if we see some uh, cycle play things, uh, so we know that there are some kids, we just stand around there and pray that one day God would open up ways so that we'll be able to witness to them. And Indian homes, of course, if you have some of those flowers in, on the door, we know that, okay, this is a Hindu family. And therefore, as we just pass through, we do pray. And so that's how we started. And then coming to play group, when we talked with some of the parents, they were really interested. So we said, okay, we'll be running a play group every fortnight, Saturday, mm. and made sure that they, their parents and grandparents came along with them. Mm. So when my wife is running this play group, I'm having conversation with the parents and grandparents who are mostly from India over a cup of tea and coffee. And praise God, today we have one of the grandparents who is a Hindu coming to our Sunday mm. service. Wow. And one mom who is a sick, she's also coming to, to the service. Yeah. So we are following up on it. It's a process yeah. that I have to go yeah. through. Yeah. But uh, thank God that is happening. And so um, last, uh, somewhere in September, we started the first house fellowship from a Bible study. We mm. started that house fellowship. Few members from the church came to support us, but we were just seven, eight of us, including children, sitting around, and then uh, we were having the, our services. But um, I normally preach a half half of my sermon there. I don't preach a full sermon because we are just sitting around. Mm -hmm. So mostly it was like a Bible study, yeah. 
and uh, singing praise and worship mm -hmm. songs. And so that's how we started. Then the end of October, we launched the house church because I felt every week I'm going out meeting people, talking mm -hmm. to them. But as far as follow-up is concerned, we need to have something running. Therefore, whenever I meet people and if they show some interest, I can always tell them, we are having a Sunday service uh, in the evening. Why don't yeah. you just come and see what we are doing? That's how I we felt we could just invite them. And once they show interest, slowly uh, we can do the follow-up. And so last year in October, we launched the church. But until end of last year, we just had five members. But we continue to worship, trusting in the Lord. And uh, of course, it was very challenging. At times, we were in tears, uh, praying, and then uh, saying, why is this not working? Then later on, we came to realize that it is not us. No matter what kind of strategy that we use, it is not us. But it is God who is going to do the work. Mm. It is God who is going to give the growth. It is God who is going to speak to people. Yeah, praise God. And then when we came to that realization, then we saw God start to work. Mm. And the uh, beginning of the year, we have five, six Pakistani refugee, Christian refugee families joined mm. us. Mm. And these are big families. And therefore, on an average, we have about 35 to 40 uh, members, including children, on a Sunday service. Still in your house, really? Still in in house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, 50 capacity. That's what we felt. But on Easter Sunday, we sent invitation to our friends as well, come and support us. So a lot of them came. So 80 plus in the house. In the house, wow. <laughs> we really praise you. I don't think Lisa and I are going to launch a house church in our house. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, that was a one-time thing, yeah, but uh, 80 yeah. plus, and therefore, we really praise God that that yeah, happened, yeah. and so we were really encouraged yeah. by that. Yeah. Just uh, probably the last question, because then we let you um, preach uh, uh, the sermon today, but um, you were saying before the service, uh, one of the great blessings and opportunities is it's hard to preach to Hindus in India, but you're yes. sharing the gospel with Hindus here, yes. and some of them go back. So tell us about the, the, the opportunities to, to share the gospel with Hindus here and then they take it to the world. What's that like? Yes. So as I was saying, it's becoming very challenging to, uh, as, uh, to, for evangelism and uh, for sharing uh, the gospel in India, especially Hindu-dominated states. And therefore, this is an open door. This is an open opportunity. And so that when they go back, they can take the gospel. And also their parents and grandparents comes here for six months, one year. Mm. And therefore they are going back after a year. Mm. And therefore if we can share the gospel with them, they can always take it back to where they have come from. Mm. So this was something that we have been praying for. And therefore we use different tools. Of course, one is an e-magazine. I have few copies, but you can just share it. You just have to scan it. So this is uh, already a published e-magazine, online e-magazine, and then well, we use few pages from here. So I do the welcome page, as well as time to time I put in articles. Uh, it's a general health and well-being magazine, but for example, during Christmas season, I've written something about Christmas, and uh, we do letterbox drops, so we have done 7,000 plus. Wow. Response is 
not very positive, but we know for sure that people have checked, but they have not subscribed, and therefore we don't see the subscription really going mm. up. But I'm sure th there will be quite a few mm. checking on this. So about Christmas, Holy Week, I wrote something about Good Friday, Easter Sunday. Mm. And therefore, I all, whenever I go out, I give to people, this is a general health and well-being magazine, just have a read. Yeah. And it is true, it's a general health and well-being magazine, but inside that we have few messages that uh, we've put out. Uh, two months ago, Father's Day, from a Christian perspective, wow. because it's a Christian thing that yeah. uh, we started from a church. And then uh, I wrote something about refugees. So just last month, uh, also, we had a candlelight service. And uh, okay, that was Palm Sunday last year, of course, a big thing that you could see. And that's the house church. Um, you can go to the next slide. So yeah, those are some of the members. That's uh, last week. Two months ago, we had this candlelight service, mm -hmm. and uh, which is aftermath of the burning of churches in Pakistan, mm -hmm. and then what is going on in Manipur, India. So we had a prayer service, and then uh, when we were organizing this, we got a call from the council, acting council general from Pakistan Embassy, Pakistan consulate, that he wanted to come and express his apology for what is going on in Pakistan. Wow. And he came with few Muslim leaders. And therefore, we said after we had our service, prayer service, and benediction, then the next part is we gave them call, the opportunity to share. And then uh, they stood up there, literally folding their hands and saying, "We are very sorry for what is going on in Pakistan, and then uh, we condemn what is going on there, and we stand with you." So that was really, really uh, good for the families because most of these refugee families they have gone through a lot of traumas. Yeah. They have been in refugee camp for about 10 plus years, and this time around again, their families were directly impacted back in Pakistan. Their houses were burned, their churches were burned, and therefore they all got the opportunity to just pour out yeah. their anger and yeah. then uh, their pains. So I felt that was really good for them, a way forward towards healing. Mm -hmm. And so I'll not go too much into that detail, so I've written an article on the need for peace, reconciliation, uh, and healing, so you'll find that in this article as well later. Wonderful. And another tool we use is English conversational class. Yep. So for these parents and grandparents, yeah. and so I've been running that at the community hub in the church, as well as at the Penrose Community Center. So we use this also as a tool to get to know people, and to have this conversation, and then further the conversation as well. Yeah. So one of the grandparents who is, was coming to the English class have started coming to church just to check what we are doing there in the church. Yeah. So we are praying that uh, through some of these tools also God will uh, lead the way through. Yeah. And of course, food bank is another thing that uh, yeah. we give pastoral support and uh, we interact with a lot of Hindus and Muslim every week wow. through this food bank as well. Sounds amazing, doesn't it's it? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fantastic. It's so great. It's so powerful to share with us. So put your hands together and thank because uh, uh, we're going to have our Bible reading now. And just one minute that I wanted to share that thank you so yeah. much for your support and because of which this is the fruit that we are seeing today. And then please continue to pray for Tamil yeah. Church yeah. Ministry. Thank you. Wonderful.